Welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard Podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, head to our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Thank you, Joe and Cap. And good morning, everybody. Yes, I'm Pui. And for all for those who don't know me, I am the assistant pastor of Hong Kong Ministry. So my name is Pui. Um, in this series, we are still on the Hosea series. Yes. Is it right? So when we mentioned um, Israel um, while we are preaching, um, this is the Asian Israel that we are talking about. So I just want to make sure that everybody is clear about that. So, um, but what is happening here um, in the land of the Israel and Palestine? Yeah, Palestine. Palestine. Um, how about we pray for this land? Let's pray together. Dear Lord, this is such a heartbroken war that's happening in your land. Lord, I just want to pray for your peace. Your peace all over the land of Israel and Palestine. Lord, would you would you would you would you have your comfort come to the families that are already broken? Would you heal the people that are already hurt? Lord, we are in a broken world. We all sin against you. But Lord, you love everyone. You love the world that you sent your son Jesus. Lord, I just want to pray for the salvation in this land. Pray that everybody will look up to you, even in the difficult this situation, that they still look up to you and ask for help and call up to you. Lord, pray for your presence with all the people. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, today is the fourth talk about the book of Hosea. We will look at the faithfulness of God in in today's preaching. And by now, we've likely gained a good understanding of Hosea's marriage story. As Jill mentioned in her first talk in this series, she shared with us a story, a tale of a righteous and faithful man who was betrayed by his wife, but remained committed to their marriage, patiently waiting for her return. When I first heard the story of Hosea years ago, um, my initial thought was, I wouldn't want to be a prophet. That sounds so challenging. Well, that's so much, there must be so much pain, so much grief, 
and disappointment within that relationship. If I were in Hosea's shoes, I might have chose, chosen not to enter a, a new relationship with such a people like that. Witnessing an unfaithful spouse repeatedly entering new relationships would bring me to tears every time. Or would be devastating. Hosea is the prophet and it's a book that describes God's emotions towards his people very clear. His ministry and his personal life were so intimate, connected. He understood how much pain was in God's heart because his wife's action brought pain to his heart. For Hosea, there was no distinction between his workplace and his home. He loves his wife faithfully, even when she's unfaithful. God's pain in dealing with the unfaithful people of Israel is often compared to a heartbroken husband dealing with an ungrateful and unfaithful wife. Well, before we start to look at chapter 6 today, let's, rem let's remember what Rosie mentioned in chapter 4, verse 1 last week. The charge which God bring against Israel is there is no faithfulness, no love, no acknowledgement of God in the land. Today, we'll look more at faithfulness, love, and acknowledgement of God in chapter 6. So before we do that, I would like to show you the heart of God in this book. It's the final verse of chapter 5. After expressing how angered God is to see the Israel falling, he then emphasized how his love for Israel always surpasses any anger. He said, Then I will go back to where I came from until they come to their senses. When they finally hit rock bottom, maybe they will come looking for me. Maybe they will come looking for me. Can you, can you see God's heart? He longs for his people to return to him. How great is God's love for his people. God was still waiting for Israel to return. As Joe mentioned earlier three weeks ago, when we examine the relationship between God and Israel, we see the same heart of God of, for us too. God is always waiting for us to return. One of Jesus' famous parables was of a loving father scanning the horizon every day 
to see if his son would finally come home. God's heart has never changed. He always longs for us to turn to him, even when we feel far away or most unworthy. When we come to chapter 6, we have a picture of what it could look like if people returned. Let's look at the following verses in chapter 6, which is today's verses. Verse 1, Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us, that we may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. The imagery here is beautiful. If they truly confess their sins and return to him, I think they know enough about God's character to quote some great promises. He will heal us. He will bind us up. He will revive us, and we can be in his presence. I think the big question here is, are they sincere, or are they just going through the motions? The first, at first, this sounds so promising, as if the people are really sincere and committed to turning back to God. Let's see again. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us. And that's we may live in his presence. We know for sure that God has healed us and bind up our wounds. He wants to revive us and restore us. Do you want to live in his presence? Yes? Yes, I do. I think all of that is available for us with God. But here's the problem. In the next couple of verses, God tells Israel what he thinks about their return. This is how God responds to it in verse 4. Let's read it. What can I do with you, Israel? What can I do with you, Judah? Your love is like the morning mist like the early dew that disappears. Here, we can see that 
It's God who is expressing real concern. He's worried that they are not real return. We can sometimes say the right things, but not authentic. That is not. That may not be real. Isn't that why Jesus challenged the religious leaders? He said, "These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me." The risk is we can easily say or sing the right words, but our heart can be saying something else. That's happening here. The Lord describes their love like the early morning dew that evaporates by the early morning. Your love is like the morning mist. We can imagine someone saying, "I love you so much," and you and this person have. A very sweet moment. However, this person's love for you is fleeting. It disappears by the time you finish your morning coffee, <laughs> and by the time you finish your whole breakfast, this person has already fallen in love with someone else in the next table. <laughs> That would be horrible. No one wants this kind of love. This kind of love is not desired, as it lacks faithfulness and sincerity. So, what kind of love is God looking for? What kind of love is God looking for? Let's look at chapter six, verse six. Um, I've prepared three different versions. Uh, let's look at NIV. For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. ESV version. For I desire steadfast love, and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offering. The message. Bible version. I'm after love that lasts, not more religion. I want you to know God, not go to more prayer meetings. The word in verse six, steadfast love or mercy, is translated from the Hebrew word hesed. What does it word means? The kind of love God is looking for is first the love with faithfulness. He said it's a word for love, but it's a deeper meaning to it. This love has a covenant meaning. Covenant, right? <laughs> it's not something you have for everybody. It's something you have for people you are committed to. It's like the love you might have between a parent and a child, between a brother and a sister, or husband and wife. This is commitment in this word. 
It does mean love, but it also has loyalty in it. Both sides have to be faithful to commit to this kind of love. No betrayal, but consistent devotion. I remember Adam mentioned this word in his preach two weeks ago. He said, he said it's loyalty. It's God's covenant loyalty because of his unchanging love for his people. God loves his people. He's faithful to love his people no matter what happens. I remember my wedding day when I said these words to Ben. <laughs> Just a couple um, exchanges their vows at the wedding, saying, oops, is that no pictures? No? No pictures? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Well, it's just a picture of we exchanging our rings. <laughs> so, anyway, um, we're, we're saying, I will keep loving you for better or for worse, for richer or for poor, in sickness, in health. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's um, the picture um, many years ago. Uh. <laughs> um, well, these vows have been tested over time, over time, it tests over time. This word speaks of steadfast love. This is the faithful love that God shows for his people. He's expecting Israel to obey his commands and continue to love him faithfully in all situations. So, the kind of love God is looking for has faithfulness to God. Second, the kind of love God is looking for is a love that has mercy for others. When we look at the NIV version, for I desire mercy, not sacrifice. They translated it as mercy in NIV version to emphasize the aspect of love that is closely associated with showing compassion and forgiveness. Compassion and forgiveness. Jesus actually quotes this exact passage in Matthew 12, verse 7. We see that the Pharisees criticized Jesus and his disciples for picking grain to eat on the Sabbath. Jesus said, if you had known what these words mean, I desired mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. Jesus emphasized the importance of love in merciful way more than to follow the religious rules. So this word often embodies the idea of love 
as mercy and compassion, love for God, show up in mercy for others. I'm thankful that God has given us love with merciful hearts to serve people who have physical needs. God gives each of us opportunities to show mercy to others in our weeks. I truly appreciate the opportunity we have to participate in the food bank and grow baby ministries to assist to assist people and share the love of God. It's easy to get involved. Well, we can go back to our church website and check it out. So the kind of love God is looking for first has faithfulness to God. Second, it has mercy for others. Third, the kind of love God is looking for is a costly love the sacrificial love. That kind of sacrificial love is first demonstrated by Jesus. When God acts out his faithfulness and love, he completely accepts our broken realities. We can see how he embodies embodied his faithfulness and love in Jesus. We all sin against God. In Romans 3, verse 10, it's written, there is no righteous, not even one. However, our Heavenly Father faithfully continued his love for us by sending Jesus to the world for our redemption. Regrettably, the world didn't welcome him. Jesus was even betrayed by one of his disciples. The love of Jesus reached out Peter even after his betrayal and public denial. His sacrificial love kept praying for the people who put him on cross. He bore the cause of our sin on his shoulders. God chose to faithfully love us with his mercy, even we should not be loved in any way. He endured hurt and suffering through his sacrificial love, we find peace. In Isaiah 53, verse 5, it says, The punishment that brought us peace was appointed him, and by his wounds we are healed. This is the love that God gave to his people of Israel and also to us. This love is sacrificial and pain. To take up our course and follow Jesus is to follow his example. We show this kind of love of costly 
and sacrificial love to others. I'm going to show you my husband Ben's story. Yeah, 20 years ago, when he was a youth, <laughs> yes, um, he served as a small group leader. Um, there was a guy who did not attend the small group regularly. One day, he missed out a small group event meant for new members. And he blamed Ben for not considering him and changing the event's day for new members, accusing Ben of not considering his feeling and not valuing him as a member. So Ben felt wronged and hurt. It was really difficult for Ben to welcome this guy back to the small group. However, because of his role as a small group leader and the example of Jesus, Ben, made an effort to serve and welcome this guy with kindness every time he returned to church. Taking up our cross and following Jesus is not easy and can be heartbreaking at times. But we grow towards holiness each time we faithfully show steadfast love in line with Jesus' teachings. As we all live in a broken world where we all sin and we may hurt someone or get hurt by somebody within or outside the church, when we face hardships or experience hurt in any relationship, it can be easy to give up. However, in the book of Hosea, God is carrying the wounds and pain to faithfully keep loving those who hurt him and in sending his only son, Jesus, to restore our relationship with him. This is a costly love. When we look up to our faithful and merciful God, wouldn't it encourage you a little to follow in his footsteps? We are loved, not because we deserve it. When we love others, it's not because they deserve it too. There's no righteous, not even one. The kind of love we are called to show others is patient. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. We all need Jesus to help us restore our relationship with God and with the people who has hurt us or our loved ones. 
we need Jesus to help us love him faithfully and to love our neighbor with mercy, even when they hurt us. Before I carry on with the talk, I want to pause here to pray and to welcome God's work in our hearts. It's especially hard for those who have been hurt by someone. Let's pray. Pray together. A loving and kind Father, we love you. Thank you for loving us when we turned away from you. And thank you for waiting for us to return. You are such a wonderful and faithful God. Jesus, we return to you, but we recognize we are all broken. We all carry wounds and scars from all kinds of relationships. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come to those relationships. Would you heal the places or we don't want to touch or talk about? Would you come to those places? Would you heal us? Bind up our wounds. Revive us. Restore us. So we can live in your presence. Our heart is with you. Would you fill us with your kindness, fill us with your love, courage, and bring your reconciliation in all those places. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And the last point I would like to carry on in my talk, acknowledgement of God. Let's take a look at the second half of verse 6. Acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings, or the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Here, the knowledge of God or acknowledgement of God is significant. When the Lord is not recognized as God, Israel fails to acknowledge God as the Savior, as the giver of all goodness and blessings. They thank you, bows, right? Same for us too. The knowledge of God can be about the God's salvation and God's blessing in this book of Hosea. Without acknowledging of God, it's very easy for us to take all blessings of God for granted. It's very easy to fall into the thoughts that all good things are earned slowly through our own efforts. We work very hard to achieve our goals, like job, education, housing, and more. And yes, I agreed. 
I agree that putting an effort it is necessary for our lives. But all we have has come from Him. Every good is from His hand, and we need to acknowledge God and His blessings and His kindness. Conclusion: Our God is a faithful God. He keeps His promises to us, no matter what happens. And continues to love us in all circumstances, even if we are unfaithful, he still remains faithful because he must remain true to who he is. In Second Timothy, and he's waiting for you to return to him, not for a while like a mist, but with our whole lives. And for a lifetime, for those who don't know much about our God, and it's okay. The invitation is to come, come to know Him. He loves you, and Jesus is standing here, in front of your heart, and He's knocking on the door. Of your heart, he he's got so much that would like to give you: his peace, his presence, his forgiveness, and his love. Would you like to receive him and all his blessings for you? For those who are Christian. We are already on this journey of faith. If you think your your love has been weak, like a mist, with very little mercy for people, then ask us for His help. Even when we've been unfaithful, He is still faithful. We are asking God to help us. This love is not coming out from us. We cannot do it by all ourselves. It's from God. This love is from God. He is the source of love, and He is faithfulness. Let's acknowledge Him in our daily lives. He's always here to help you. We are weak at times, and that's why we need Jesus to help us. He's faithful. And waiting for us to return to Him, and I would like to invite the band to come up. Um, we'll sing a response song. Very last, in Matthew 22, a Pharisee's lawyer asked Jesus, "Which is the greatest commandment in the law?" Jesus replied, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul." And with all your mind, we hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. We'd love to welcome you to one of our gatherings. We meet in multiple locations at multiple times on Sundays, as well as in midweek small groups across the city. More information on all of these can be found at our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, and God bless.